0: Hey, welcome back. I'm recording, uh, here today on Monday, uh, February the 8th. Uh, silver is, is up a fair bit again coming off the weekend. Um, you know, open something like 50% or sorry, 50 cents higher, uh, this morning relative to, uh, relative to, to Friday close. Um, and, you know, another significant move up and thus far in the day, you know, I'm, this is around lunchtime. Um, it hasn't moved down as it did last week uh so i want to take some time to talk about silver not so much just the price action but this past week or two that you know we've kind of witnessed in this silver space uh of course i you know starting off this is two or three weeks ago with the the mania the the enthusiasm whatever you want to call it uh behind wall street bets on reddit and the the big move in gamestop and amc and elsewhere and of course in the last you know as that sort of progressed it it did progress to a large amount of enthusiasm about silver and and some would say that that it was just a few people on Wall Street bets that talked about it- you know um and that it was everyone else on on Twitter or youtube, or elsewhere that that was making a big deal out of it you know i think that the truth of the matter is that it did extend far beyond reddit and on wall street bets specifically i think a lot of the silver oriented posts were were deleted um but it was not just a a blip um in fact i think in the silver market there's an amount of enthusiasm and and drive that that i haven't seen as long as i've been in the market i was not in to precious metals in 2011 you know, roughly 10 years ago or 2010. Uh, nor was I in the late seventies and early eighties. Uh, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm more recently on the scene. I, I started around 2016, middle of 2016, right? So there's an amount of enthusiasm and drive that I, and I want to say more than just enthusiasm. There's always been a lot of enthusiasm. If you look around in, in the silver market, don't get me wrong. There's been those days, weeks, months where it's more of the, I don't know. Blood on the streets types of, of moments for silver. Uh, multiple times. I mean, how many decembers in a row was it that we saw silver dip significantly? You know, we saw, you know, even prior to the big move down in, in March of 2020, other time periods where, where silver, for whatever reason, despite fiscal, despite monetary policies, silver moved down to, you know, $14, 15 $16 an ounce, just languish. You know, I think that the move down is one thing, but, but forever. It seemed like silver was was just range bound under twenty dollars an ounce you know between fourteen and twenty you know other times is sixteen and seventeen for months and months- years ultimately, but there's always some amount of enthusiasm by myself by many others and 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 that enthusiasm has been ratcheted up i think another notch just in the last week or two. Um but beyond that, there's this drive that I'm seeing from a lot of people that I think is is reflected in the numbers, the number uh the, the amount of silver that is being bought again just in the last week. And I'm gonna ignore SLV. I honestly haven't looked at their most recently updated numbers. Um, you know, I, I kind of maintain that SLV is is not a great place to be storing your wealth if you're looking to get you know exposure to silver for the long term for inflationary reasons or for a big move up. Um, especially, especially in, in sort of a, not necessarily just a short squeeze, but like a physical squeeze environment, if we can call it that SLV is not where you want it as a trading vehicle, you can use it. I use it right. Um, as a short-term thing, right. But there's even, you know, some risk. Involved in that, But long term, no way, right? No way. Um, that's not something I want to hold long term. Physical silver, PSLV, even you know silver in, uh, in that that is stored in a vault somewhere through a company that that you sign up for and pay a fee for. That would be better. But but there's this drive that I've seen in just the last few weeks that has not been there in a very long time, right? This drive that's reflected in in physical demand, you know, PSLV you know, seems to be taking up something like a million ounces of, of new silver that's added to their, to their fund, you know, every, almost every day, almost every trading day, you know, pretty consistently. Uh, physical silver demand continues to be super high, um, you know, among retailers. You know, I talked about Jam Bullion selling 27 million ounces in a single weekend. And that's just one major deal. Never mind all the others that continue to be either A, sold out of, of a lot of their, you know, cheaper generic silver, the common, you know, the American Eagles and whatnot, or B, have extremely high premiums. You know, I was looking at a 2021 Australian kookaburra last night, not necessarily to buy, just, I was interested at it, surprised that it was in stock. I think I there's think that modern coin mark and it was something like $39. I think with the volume you could get it down lower than that. I forget. But it was it was over $10 of premium on a coin that a couple of years ago might be three, four, you know, maybe five honestly, it's you know for a newer one, newer year. That is a lot of demand that we continue to see. And and you're seeing it reflected on Twitter that there's this there's a certain amount of of determination uh to, to sort of bend the market to the will of 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 stackers of of investors on the physical silver the side of the physical uh the physical side of the silver market right there's this there's this notion that fifty dollars is inevitable, never mind thirty or forty fifty dollars is inevitable and 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 something above that is is highly likely and not just in the far off future I'm talking you know midterm uh Next six months, if not sooner. I'm getting the same sense from a lot of, 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 um, you know, long time veterans of, of this silver and gold space, you know, this determine, this determination, almost this determinism that it's almost been determined that, that silver is going to, and, and you never want to, to make an asset seem like a sure thing. And I don't want to here. Uh, but. What I will say is that the amount of physical demand I think we've seen in just the last week or two, this isn't just a bunch of new buyers. I think that's part of it. But I think there's a fair number of people in the silver market that have realized, hey, this could be my last chance to buy silver at sub $30. Right? People that are veterans that have owned and bought silver for, for many years that, like so many others, were waiting for the dip right we're waiting for silver to drop to below 25 or below 20 like it always does right like it always has in the past and then there's this realization like well okay i have a lot of silver but i want more because i have a high level of confidence it's going to go higher and that type of physical demand that type of determination i think will do just that you know it will bend the market sort of to our to the will of of those that are you know buying the physical ounces it's it's really astounding, right? And maybe I'm I'm sounding too, uh, what's the word? Not maybe not dramatic enough, or too uh, too casual about it. But the amount of enthusiasm, the amount of drive that I've seen in the silver market just again, this last week or two, caught me by uh, you know off guard, and and it really is is surprising and it's encouraging. You know, the other thing I want to talk about today was something that was brought up by um, uh, Craig Hemke. Uh, tf metals report something he's been harping on in the last week or so uh is is yield curve control this is really interesting to me right and i think it has uh uh to do a lot with with precious metals with silver and gold uh the bond market and interest rates uh they they determine they are an important contributor to you know, what the market determines as sort of the fair price for silver and gold. Now, I mean, fair price, I mean, what is that in the manipulated market? But silver and gold have performed very well in low interest rate environments. I'm not talking just the Fed funds rate, I'm talking yields on on bonds. Uh, that as the amount of of debt in the United States, you know, moves closer and closer to you know sub one percent or zero percent and and globally you know we have trillions and trillions that is you know that are below zero percent yield you know negative yielding we've seen the price of silver and gold ascend and and part of the reason behind that is that if you're looking at a safe haven asset something that is hopefully going to help you know keep pace with inflation oftentimes bonds government bonds are seen as a logical as a safe choice uh and and it's something that you know Many funds, you know, throw a large amount of their portfolio into. The problem is, is that if you have a bond that is yielding negative or, or in terms of real yields negative or just very slightly above zero, you know, zero neutral, that becomes a less attractive, you know, investment, less attractive safe haven asset. What good is it to own a, a bond? Let's say in the United States, a bond that's yielding 1% if, you know the true level. You know, let's say the stated level of inflation's, you know, two percent, right? You're, that's a negative one percent yield, real yield, and and maybe the real rate of inflation's closer to like four or five or higher. You know, that starts to add up, and so you start to look to other, you know, assets. for for pension For pensions, for a long time, when when they see yields dropping, they've always run to things like private equity, commercial real estate, and of course, the stock market. Right, looking for that higher yield to offset the, the dropping yield in the bond market. Um, for others, it, it, precious metals, right? Something that's a relatively stable asset that is going to keep pace with or exceed the rate of inflation in terms of, of their returns. It's a logical choice. And so this is really important. This yield curve control is is something that, that Craig here is is talking about. Um, the the u.s government and the federal reserve ultimately looking at implementing yield curve control something that's been done before uh it is a, a process in which um a central bank sees their their sovereign bonds uh the the curve steepening meaning longer dated bonds 5 10 20 30 year bonds the yield on those start to increase At a at a rate faster than the the you know shorter dated bonds, or or vice versa. Either way, the difference between them is widening. And it's it's something that usually happens when you have rising inflation and rising expectations of inflation. Right? That yield curve steepens during that time period. And that's what he's talking about here, this yield curve control, something the Fed can potentially implement to offset that, to try and control that yield curve, to try and keep the steepness of this curve less steep, right? So so instead of, you know, let's say a, a 2% spread between the 5-year and the 30-year, the just as an example, they could keep it at 1%, right? Or cap it at that. Now, the problem with that is that it, A, it usually requires the Fed to play around a lot with their balance sheet, usually as an expansionary process to their balance sheet. The other problem with it is that yields are no longer... Following what the market is saying they should be doing, longer dated bonds should be going up because of higher expectations of higher inflation. But if they're being controlled by the Fed, and don't get me wrong that the bond market is controlled by the Fed pretty significantly through their current QE, you know, holdings and purchases and their current balance sheet. But if they're actually targeting yield curve control, all of a sudden precious metals look much more attractive. Right. Because no longer is, uh, uh, you know, a longer dated bond, you know, just barely keeping up pace with inflation is well below the rate of inflation because the central bank's controlling it. You know, why would the central bank control it? Well, partly because higher interest rates tend to pop bubbles like stock market bubbles, you know, potentially real estate bubbles, etc. Corporate debt bubbles. Right. And so if you keep yields low and if you keep the longer dated yields low, then you can help prevent those bubbles from popping. But ultimately, what you're sacrificing, then, is, the, well, the currency, the underlying currency, in this case, the dollar. This is a long-standing, you know, uh, um, belief or opinion of mine that, that the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government ultimately will more or less sacrifice the dollar, or at least a, a significant amount of its value, in order to prop up things like the stock market, the bond market, the real estate market, or sorry, not the bond market. The bond market's gonna go the way of the dollar, Um, prop up the real estate, the stock market, et cetera. Now, the problem with that is if you do have the currency depreciate by 10, 20, 30, 50, 80 percent, well, then none of those other things really matter. The the economy would be in shambles, right? Venezuela, it's always used as an example, Venezuela's stock market, it would always go up when, well, inflation was happening. And that didn't mean it was somehow (laughs) in a bull market, uh, at least what we would consider a bull market, right? It was hyperinflation. Not necessarily talking about hyperinflation, but high levels of inflation, then yeah, you get that same, that same thing happening with yield curve control. And this is a huge, huge boon for precious metals. Because like I said before, lower interest rates and lower yields on these bonds are a big boon for precious metals. Well, how much more so will that be the case if yield curve control is implemented or something similar? And those longer dated bonds are kept at an even lower level than what the market otherwise would would decide they should be at, even with you know the existing Fed intervention. Hugely bullish for precious metals as a safe-haven asset that's going to keep pace without inflation. So something I want to talk about, touch base on today. We can talk more about it in the future, though. Um, again, you know, going back to the beginning of this podcast, the drive, the determination. Um, the the enthusiasm in the precious metals market really has me feeling more enthusiastic about all this, and and it's really it's really exciting. But but anyways, I'll let you guys go. As always, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast, and God bless.